0: Gee, I'm real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky. The doctor said she'll be okay. I guess she just won't be able to eat any spicy foods for a while.
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome to How Have You Not Seen This? A movie and comedy podcast where a husband and wife show each other movies that the other one really should have seen by now. I'm Daniel Carlson.
0: And I'm Tracy Carlson. And today I'm asking Daniel, how have you not seen this? About 1985's Better Off Dead Which actually is the perfect film for us to start with because uh, I have been asking him this question for 10 years. How have you not seen this? Uh, Better Off Dead was one of those movies that I quote from and as does my sister and we have made so many references that poor Daniel does not understand. So I thought now I get them. Now he gets them. And there's a number of movies, mostly from the eighties that I have wanted him to see. And I just keep saying, how have you not seen this? And one day he turned to me and said, this is the podcast. So there you go. That's how we started. And I thought better off dead. What better movie to start with than the one that started it all. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Daniel, how, have you not seen this?
1: Uh, I think it's first of all, I think it's understandable because it was to me one of those like lesser known '80s teen comedies because it was '85. Uh, but then John Cusack got humongous with Say Anything and other stuff. So by the time I got old enough to like really know about these movies, Say Anything was the one that had like the high profile.
0: One could argue, though, that seeing Say Anything would make you want to see his other stuff.
1: One could argue. One could argue. I would not argue. I mean, I could argue, but I would not argue. Uh, I, I I saw say anything and I was like, that's great and I, I knew about John Cusack and saw his other movies, but I didn't really feel any burning desire to go back and see this for again, I don't even know why. Um, I it came out you know, like I said in 85, I was of course a little kid when it came out. I was three years old when it came out, so I was not exactly the target demo no, for not. a surrealist, partially animated teen comedy about suicide. And skiing. So it's just right outside my wheelhouse. I was way more into, you know, Winnie the Pooh. So that was no fault of my own. Thundercats. Yeah, Thundercats, of course. We're, of course. We, yeah. If you want to make this a Thundercats podcast, I'll do that right now. Oh my God. Um, there
0: probably is one.
1: There are probably many, but we could do an amazing one. Yeah. Panthro never got the respect he deserved. I'll stop now. Um, Anyway, so I never saw it as a kid. uh, And by the time I got old enough to see it or would have been old enough to, like, you know, rent it myself as a teen in the 90s, it was just a little off my radar. And then I think I learned about it at some point probably when I was either a teen or an adult, but just never got around to seeing it until, like, two nights ago.
0: Well, for those of you who don't know, there is a five-year age difference. I uh, robbed the cradle and married a younger man. and Me. Yes. <laughs> and, and oddly enough, just that five years, and I think specifically those five years between 77 and, and 82, it's odd. Most things we are... You know, in sync, but then there's just this weird glitch.
1: Yeah, stuff that happened in like certain parts of our childhood, especially our tween years or our teen years, uh, really has like there's a huge gap between our huge, experience yeah. and our understanding. Um, like certain songs that were really important to me in high school, you hate yes. because you were like already out of school and working, and you were just tired of listening to them on the radio. Yes. So. Differences like that. So a lot of movies from our adulthood, you know, we both saw as adults and not a big deal. But stuff that might have hit you or me as kids, we often don't have the same experience of it all. And this is definitely one of those. Right.
0: Like you can't sing the entire theme song to Jem. No. Uh, like I can.
1: I know that she was truly outrageous. She
0: was truly, truly outrageous. And courageous. No. No contagious yes her music was contagious oh sure music was contagious well that's better and outrageous i I thought she was contagious no so it's a different show it is that's a different show okay well good for jim yeah that's jim's anatomy okay um so (laughs) so tell me what you thought
1: okay it's a movie it's a movie uh it's a comedy because it's identifiable as a comedy it's really weird it's yes. a really weird no movie. one
0: denies that i think the director doesn't deny that
1: yeah and we'll have to get into that the director's name for those of you who don't know is savage steve holland uh savage is not his given name but it is not in quotes so it's somewhere in the nebulous realm between ne- nickname and yes the name and i can tell you why as. he's named savage we'll, steve we'll get holland into savage savage steve holland savage steve holland i just can't stop saying savage steve holland it's it's amazing uh let me explain what the movie's about for those of you who haven't seen it in a while or if you haven't seen it ever and you're like me, new to the world of Better Off Dead. John Cusack plays a high schooler named Lane Meyer who's obsessed with his girlfriend, Beth. Very obsessed. Like, the hangers in his closet have her face on them. He sleeps with a photo of her. It's weird.
0: Amanda Weiss from Nightmare on Elm Street, for those yes, of you who don't it's, know. It's,
1: it's, 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 uh, his level of fixation is unsettling. And we sense things are going to go wrong, and shortly they do. She dumps him for someone else at school, uh, School the team The team captain?
0: Yes. You keep wanting to call him the coach. It's the I do. team captain. I
1: keep wanting to call him the coach because he's clearly an adult. He doesn't look remotely like a high schooler. He looks about 57 years old. <laughs> and his name is Stalin. The <laughs> villain's name is Stalin. He looks very old. He's...
0: Definitely not team. So anyway, a team. she
1: dumps him for the ski team captain, which right away, ski Roy team Stalin. could not be more 80s right there. It's so beautifully 80s. Uh, she dumps him for the ski team captain. John Cusack is in very, very sad and attempts suicide a number of times in kind of a half-hearted, somewhat cartoonish way. While all this is going on, he also develops a friendship, burgeoning relationship with the French foreign exchange student who's living across the street with his... Played
0: adorably by Diane Franklin. Yes,
1: with his nerdy neighbor, um, whose name is Ricky. So
0: Played creepily by Dan Schneider. All true.
1: So what I've just said to you is kind of a summary of the movie, but way more cohesive and sense-making than the actual movie itself. Because the movie itself, in my experience, from the other day is very slapdash it's a bunch of scenes that just kind of start and then stop and smash into other scenes with no real rhyme or reason you could move around half the scenes in the movie and not lose anything it just kind of happens chaotically all kind of slams together
0: yeah which one could argue is just life in general especially a teenager's life in general right i mean if we want to get deep
1: yeah, I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying that makes for uh, a not-great movie-going experience. It makes <laughs> are, for a rough I don't want to relive my rough teenage years time. through a movie. Yeah, I remember being confused and stories having no end and living through that. I would like this story to have an end and a point.
0: Right, I understand. I understand. Right. Uh, so was there any redeeming value at all for you? Uh,
1: there were There were some moments, yes. John Cusack's friend is played by Curtis Armstrong, who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Uh, and you know who I'm talking about because you can see him in your. And in he's your mind not right now. an
0: American Dad, which I love. I oh. don't apologize for it. That's a I booger love American Dad. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I get that. Exactly.
1: So he was good. He had some funny lines, and he was pretty charismatic as as the best friend. He he had some really nice, dry delivery of some stuff. Um, I thought there were some good jokes in a couple of scenes. Um, I thought Cusack was very charming, and very enjoyable, but. Overall, I think it tried to do too many things. It tried to be wacky and surreal. It went for kind of a dark comedy like Heather's, but also kind of a cartoonish comedy like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And I can see that. would mix jokes that made sense in its world, like uh, a mom buying the dad an aardvark fur coat with a, a hood on it that looks like an aardvark head... With surreal humor of like the mom makes some slop for dinner and the slop becomes sentient and grows off the plate and just walks away, that's uh, a bizarre, almost Mel Brooks kind of sight gag that felt weird to me in the context of this movie that was trying to be dark in another way and funny in another way and tell a story about this kid. Like it didn't totally hold together for me. Watching it, I could see why you would like it as a kid. It's very much targeted for like teens and tweens. But watching it as a as an adult bald man in his late 30s, it didn't work for me.
0: Okay, first of all, you're not bald. Balding, you're balding, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's real smooth. I'm I, touching it right now. Yeah. So for me, I thought about I thought about when it started. It first started, and we were watching it the other night. I thought, why did I love this so much? And I realized that I connected to that character as a tween teen because I, and I think a lot of people are this way, you know, the hormones hit me hard and I felt, and I felt so deeply and I loved that he was the underdog and the loner and I loved, I loved that he was obsessive And that his entire life was wrapped up in one person because I understood that because that was how my life was. And I'm not saying that that's good or normal. Well, I think it's normal, but I'm not saying it's good. Uh, But I, I think that has a lot to do with why I connected with him. I was like, yeah, no, I totally get wanting to have pictures of the person that you're in love with all over the place and think about them all the time. I totally get that. Uh, And then I think also just the, the wackiness of it, was perfect for my age. Uh, And I think it's probably, I probably saw it around the time Say Anything came out because it was like, who is this John Cusack and how can I get more of him in my life? And so that was when, and it was probably on cable and I watched it and was like, well, this is now the greatest thing I've ever seen. Plus it does have its moments that are just perfect. Like the one we played at the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> just, oh, it just makes me so happy I think, yeah,
1: John Cusack's delivery really sells some of the jokes I think yes. my favorite jokes are the ones that are a little less written and a little more just kind of like tossed in there there's a great one where his friend uh, Booger I don't even remember his name in the movie it's just Booger for the rest of his damn life uh, Booger says I've been going to this high school for seven and a half years and it's like a little throwaway line and it's it's part of a lot larger speech and that made me laugh just like the little goofy jokes that are delivered really well um, I thought were were really well done. And Buck again, up,
0: little camper.
1: Yeah, he's great, and and Cusack again, incredibly charming. I think the movie works as well as it does because of Cusack's charm. I think if you didn't have Cusack in this movie, it would be a total wreck, and it wouldn't be remembered at all.
0: And they did not want to cast him.
1: Who they want to cast?
0: Uh, that doesn't just say. other dudes. They wanted to just anyone else. They uh, it was because he had been the nerd in Sixteen Candles. That's right. So the producers were like, "What are you talking about? He can't be a romantic lead, because they hadn't seen The Sure Thing."
1: This is a good kind of hybrid, though. He's not like a suave romantic lead. He's still kind of a no.
0: He's all creepy nerd. Delicious. Rom-
1: oh, delicious. I don't. I don't. Delicious. You obviously find him attractive in this, but you find him more attractive in other things like Say Anything, where that's, he looks more like okay, look, adult and beefed out. If you're going to
0: bust that out, then we can talk about how I find Hugh Jackman more attractive in uh, X-Men than I do in The Greatest Showman. I mean, what do you want from me? I find you more attractive when you've showered than when you, you know...
1: If that's a reference to the fact that I have not showered yet today, it is taken. <laughs> message you've received and my feelings are gonna reflect it my feelings are hurt but you know what I mean right yes I do I totally know what you mean
0: you can't say like oh I can't believe you find him attractive I don't get
1: it though like I think it's because he's so young looking and Mm. she's making a face just squealing with delight for those of you who are not in my house (laughs) right now he's so cute uh he's so young and and weak looking in this he looks like he could fall over he does not look like he could survive any of the ski runs that he purports to do
0: yeah and you want to know what's interesting is uh the uh aaron aaron adam aaron dozier fucking joe Stalin aaron dozier yeah uh gray Stalin. what's his name
1: Bob Stalin. Rick Stalin. Rick St- Roy Stalin. How was Roy yeah.
0: Jesus? Cut all how is, of this. Sadie. How is Roy Sadie, Stalin a better guest
1: than any of those cut things? Cut all of this out, Sadie. Uh, Sadie's our dog and our engineer.
0: She is our engineer and she is very good, oddly enough.
1: Especially for somebody with no thumbs.
0: Exactly. Uh no, but uh Aaron Dozier tells a story about how neither of them knew how to ski and they spent a day with an instructor on a bunny slope and then <laughs> and then and then uh Cusack's like, nah, we got this, don't worry about it. And he the next day is like, let's go up, you know, and takes him up on the you know, ski lift to some crazy black diamond or whatever, and is like, come on, and and Dozier's like, you are fucking insane, and he said the producers were furious because they could have broken like every bone in their body, but he said that was just the way that Cusack did it. He went a thousand miles an hour or not at all, and I. Love that. I think that's a hysterical story because I love the idea of Cusack just being like, I'm going for it. And just down the mountain. That's very
1: Cusack. Now, then, I will give a huge shout out to Roy Stalin, Aaron Dozier. He was an amazing, amazing 80s douchebag. He had amazing 80s hair and an amazing 80s look and an amazing 80s douchebag voice. I think the voice is overlooked in terms of the villainy oh, yeah. and being a douchebag. He has this kind of smarmy, hey, bro, what are you doing, Think that he just crushes. He's such a great jerk. But again, I don't buy him as a high schooler because he's so clearly been shaving for 12 years already by the time this movie's been made. Like, he's he's a grown-ass man.
0: He also got the gig by being a jerk. By, like, unintentionally being a jerk. He, Well, I guess intentionally. But he walked into the room uh for the audition and uh Savage Steve was sharing a brew with Cusack and Dozier didn't know who he was and said hey who's the fat surfer about the director about Savage Steve, Steve? Holland and Steve's like who the fuck is this guy and they're like he's here for uh, Roy Stalin and Savage Steve's like yeah no he's got the job
1: <laughs> so he got the job by just being a generally disagreeable person yeah.
0: he got the job by being a fucking bully
1: to, yeah. To the director. Which is a really dumb and risky career policy to follow. Like, walk around just insulting people randomly, hoping one of them will be impressed enough hey, to cast you in the something. Hey, surfer. Hey, dickhead. I'm in your movie now. <laughs> that's how that works, apparently.
0: <laughs> so, here is what you don't know many things. Ma- well, yeah, many, 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 many things. But here's what you don't know, and you, the listener, might not know. To any listeners we might have, God, please let us have some listeners. Um, Hi, mom. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I'm swearing.
0: The um, it's based on a true story. It's auto, it's well semi autobiographical.
1: About the director's life. Yeah. Because this is Savage Steve Holland's first feature film. He wrote and directed it. So I do think it's fair to grade on a curve for somebody's first movie. It's really hard to write and direct a movie, and it's a lot of pressure. It's it's hard to get any of that made, let alone to be great at your first one out of the gate so i totally am i'm not saying like how dare this guy not have created a masterpiece like it's very very hard to do so i i do get that there is a lot of first movie um all over the place almost like jitters like he seems to really want to say like i don't know if i'm ever gonna have another shot at this so no, i'm gonna I mean, put really everything i can that. think of into this movie
0: he really does say that i should say that uh this is all collected i'm not uh in any way some sort of savant about Better Off Dead. This is collected I'll be honest. From
1: you wrote that book about it.
0: <laughs> Mental Floss, Entertainment Weekly, Wikipedia, um, gosh, I think uh, Nerdist. Anyway, I'm not trying to rip anybody off, but who really cares? Okay, so what I think is interesting is he, Savage Steve Holland, talks about how... Um, he was. He wrote the script based on his own high school girlfriend who left him for the captain of the ski team. He says that uh, the movie put her in therapy, which, okay. Um, and why? why? I don't know. She
1: was so devastated by his cinematic. And then she F- sent him
0: like gift baskets and stuff. Like oh I guess I'm so sorry. Both and crazy. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Uh, he did attempt suicide in his garage, but his way, uh, I think you said was funnier than, uh, than in the movie. He was standing on a, he was trying to hang himself and he was standing on a plastic garbage can and the garbage can broke under his weight and he fell while breaking the pipe that he was connected to and which was a water pipe. And so he's like drowning in his, (laughs) garage and his mom's just yelling at him for breaking a pipe that which to me is basically as comedic a suicide attempt as a suicide attempt can possibly be with you know yeah and that would have been fun to see
1: it's funny though the character attempts suicide several times in the movie but it never even feels real he keeps
0: trying to talk himself out of
1: it yeah and and then like he like he stands at the top of a bridge and is like, I shouldn't do this. But then he gets bumped and he falls anyway, but he lands in a garbage truck, so he's okay. It just felt so, like, tacked on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh.
0: That actually is... That is actually Cusack's favorite line in the whole movie, hmm. is uh, when he falls into the trash can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll play... Hang on just a second. I'll play it right now.
1: Man. And that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that.
0: So you get it. Yeah, I do it. I mean, it made me laugh. I looked at you. I mean, it's one of those things where you get so excited about a movie and you just watch the other person watching the movie. We've all done this. We're like, you get it, you get it, you get it. And they're like, stop watching me. Stop looking at me. Stop, stop. But, uh, I didn't. Um, I. I think we should talk about the cast. Let's do it. Because let's talk about Booger. The cat. No. Okay. Because the cast was. Not bad. Not please. The cast was rad. They're fine. Uh, They're good. Diane Franklin as the, Please, the Monique. French Monique. That's her name. Yes. Now, now where else name. have you seen her? I don't know. You know. You've seen her.
1: Oh yes, she was a princess. In Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes, she was. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, she was. She was indeed. She was one of the princesses. That is so random. She has gone on to like write a couple books about being one of the kind of it girls in the eighties with her curly hair, and she's on Instagram and is just a happy soul. And I love that when that happens, people are like, "Hey, here I am." Um, I loved. David Ogden-, Ogden Steers, which I never he plays I can't, the dad. Yeah, plays Cusack's dad, who is the unsung hero of the movie, by far, because the man has to be the straight guy. The entire it's a thankless
1: film. job. It's a thankless job. It is,
0: and I he reminds me of my dad. He's a lawyer. He's trying to keep it together. He's trying to keep his family together, like and make them normal. And they're not. I mean, he's married to. <laughs> Kim Darby, who is just nuts. Yeah, at one point
1: she's cooking what looks like a a monster or something. Yeah, I don't like even know claws and tentacles. She she and says people just go about their day.
0: Yeah, she he, one at one point she feeds him. He's trying to eat healthier. I mean, he really does remind me of my dad. It's kind of weird. She gives him this big plate of like blue glop, and he's like, "What is this?" And she's like, "You said you didn't like all the fat that comes with frying bacon, so I boiled it." And I'm like, well, you're adorable. Um, yeah. And she also delivers one of my favorite scenes uh, in, and I had a hard time deciding what I wanted to put at the at the front of this episode, but uh, I got to play this because it's just fantastic. Oh, Lane, Lane, where have you been? We've all been waiting for you. You come and sit right down here. Have you met Monique? Hi. Now, in honor of our special guest, I've created Dinner Mondeau. First, we have French fries. And French dressing. And French bread. And to drink, ta-da, Peru. She come on. Yeah. Peru. Yeah, she's funny. <laughs> it's brilliant. And where have you seen her before? You will not guess.
1: I don't know. That's the thing. She wore like she's hard to recognize because she has these big glasses and this kind of fluffy feathered hair and she wears those like weird 80s mom dresses that go like all the way up to her chin. So I could barely see like a face. And so she I've...
0: definitely had like a voice that she was putting on.
1: Yeah, like she was doing like a weird like, oh, I made you the thing and I boiled the bacon. It was very eerie. So I have no idea who she is.
0: Also, I should add, uh, Savage Steve Holland said that his mother was also an experimental cook and gifted him with TV dinners. Like
1: the mom in the movie. Like
0: the mom in the movie. Again,
1: I'm not saying that didn't happen, (laughs) Savage Steve Holland, (laughs) Sav Steho, but maybe it doesn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, Maybe it's too many things, dude. Pick like three things, not 19.
0: Kim Darby, that's Ma- the mom. Maddie Ross in the original True Grit.
1: Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I did not see that.
0: The original True Grit. That went right by me. Do you see it now, though? Oh, Think yeah. Of
1: course, like, of course I see it now. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can see her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I get it.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Uh, Yeah. So you want to know, okay, we want to know how Savage Steve got his...
1: Yes. Enlighten me and the rest of the world on how Steve Holland started to go by the name Savage Steve Holland I think everybody professionally not in quotes like it was like like just three names in a row Savage Steve Holland it's in the credits and everything
0: I'm gonna quote him here are you ready here we go it's the world's stupidest nickname I've had it since I was a little kid I kicked a kid in the teeth accidentally and I started crying because I knocked his tooth out it was already loose but I didn't know that so it's sarcastic calling the big dumb wimp dude savage the sad part was later people thought it was cool, so I kept
1: it. That's just lame, man.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure he was young and yeah, but
1: nobody, no one put a gun to his head and said, "When you make your first feature film, you must go by Savage." He could have just said Steve Holland.
0: Maybe there was already a Steve Holland.
1: He could have done Stephen. He could have done true. literally. No? Any... Okay. There's, there's, there's a, there's a continuum between. Finding an alternate name and going with a bananas nickname.
0: Weep not for Savage Steve. No. He made three movies and then went on to do what may I imagine made him a lot of money, which is direct and produce for Disney and Nickelodeon. Uh, as did another of That's our right. cast members, mm-hmm. Dan Schneider, who plays the skeeviest of skeeves. He plays
1: the 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 fat nerd Ricky. Uh, whose name I Who's thought was. A
0: sex fiend and Dan disgusting. Schneider is.
1: Not not Ricky in the movie. We should be clear. No, Ricky in um, the movie is too. Oh, I thought. Oh, that's this right. It's a weird coincidence. Not, yes, he is not in the movie. not casting yes. against type. No, it is weird. I actually misheard and I thought they introduced the character's name as Vicky. And I thought that was actually kind of amazing and hilarious that they named the nerd Vicky. And I thought that was kind of bold and great. But it's not. It's Ricky. So I was like, well, never mind. Also, bizarrely. I thought they were paying him less because he doesn't speak for, like, half the movie. When you first see him and then many, many scenes after, he has no dialogue. He just, like, makes weird, goofy faces. And I thought, oh, this is a first movie. They're on a budget. They cast this guy, (laughs) but they didn't have enough to pay a speaking part. So basically, he's like just a, a glorified extra, just mugging for the camera. But then halfway through the movie, he starts talking and That's talks what makes a lot.
0: So creepy, though, is the not talking. Blah. It's
1: so weird. I was like, why is he not talking? Is he not being paid to talk? It's bizarre. He's so weird looking.
0: There had to have been a reason for it, but bad writing. Yeah, bad writing. Sorry, well, Savage. Sorry, Savage. He was skeevy and gross, and uh, and then it turns out Dan Schneider, skeevy and gross. He actually went on. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he was uh, in Head of the Class, uh, which was uh, for me a great show. I loved it.
1: One of those like really solid, not probably not great if we were to go back and revisit it now, but of its a moment, like late eighties, early nineties, set him up, knock him down, sitcoms. Yeah, it was like just like one Howard th- Hessman. Yeah, it ran for like five and years. And Billy Connolly, come yeah. on, that's it's some talent. Pretty sturdy. Yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: and he was in that, and then. Then he went on to become the. I think he won the first Lifetime Achievement Award from Nickelodeon. Like he basically, if there is a tween show that you watched, like uh, the Amanda Show or uh, Ka- what is it? Fucking
1: iCarly. No, no, no. That's one, right? Yeah, yeah. I Kim Carly. Possible. Nuts no, no, Disney show.
0: No, no, no. The one I'm thinking of with the with the um, Saturday Night Live guy, Keenan and uh... Keenan and Kel. Yeah, Keenan and Kel, he did that one. Any of those he did. He did those. And made I can't even imagine Drake how much and money. Josh Drake and Josh
1: Sam and Cat. I'm reading these off the internet cuz these were all after my time. Yeah, I, I was, didn't watch any of this. I was shit. a grown person. Well, I I was not a grown person mature, but I was an adult. Yeah, so. we're still waiting on that. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Oh. So, yeah, Dan Schneider grew <laughs> up to to be on a sitcom and then produce a lot of shows for for Nickelodeon who then fired him for being creepy. For being
0: well, for having a rage problem, which you know is always great when you're working with kids, then, now this is where I want to be very clear. We here at Here's the Thing Media, mm-hmm. do not kink shame.
1: Nope. Kink it up. Kink it up. Kink it like a garden hose, my friend. Kink do your thing.
0: Like a, kink it like a Polaroid picture. There that, it is. Wait, that didn't work. Nope. Okay. But it's okay. It, I was excited. References. I was excited. It's okay. Uh, but... If your kink involves children or teenagers, hard pass, my friend. Nope. No, negatory. He was taking pictures of his actor's toes. No. So we're gonna put a, we're gonna give a hard pass to that. Yeah, tank. that's
1: a, that's a that's a that's a see you later, Dan Schneider on the old toe cleave on the teens. Yeah, find
0: a woman who is into that and an adult woman get crazy.
1: She should be your age. You were born in 1966, so you need to look for a grown ass woman.
0: Yeah, look for look who for. Who will an, show you her toes? For an eighteen year old woman. If, if this, I don't care. But you ain't getting just make it that from shit legal, a, man. Word, word. Okay, now I've saved the best for last because I know that this was your favorite part of the movie. It was certainly test audiences' favorite part of the movie, and I mean blowing out of the water favorite part of the movie.
1: I'm so angry right now. I'm going to throw my phone.
0: He really is. It makes him. I bring it up because it makes him so mad. There is a fantastic scene. I've
1: been happier with election results There's than I was with this movie scene. <laughs>
0: Uh, there is a claymation scene. And uh, it involves fucking Van Halen. And I don't really think you can go wrong with that. Uh, you can claymation. so go wrong
1: with that. The <laughs> two things you just listed do not guarantee anything. Okay,
0: do you want to describe it? Yes.
1: Okay, go ahead. Throughout the movie, there are a variety of dream sequences. Old Johnny Cusack will just slip into a weird little fever dream, and maybe they're animated.
0: Like all teenagers.
1: Yeah, I'm saying, aesthetically, it doesn't make sense. So... Mm. So... Johnny Cusack, at one point, gets into two separate car accidents with a very large angry man who threatens to beat him up and apparently just gets away fine. Everything works out okay. We just never see the guy for a while. Then John Cusack gets a job at this large man's hamburger restaurant. It's and called
0: Fat Burger. Called
1: Fat Burger. Their slogan is, everybody wants some. And it's with a very a lady kind of looking over her shoulder in a very... uh
0: She's naked wearing an
1: apron. A very sexual manner. And I think there's a double entendre happening. But I'm not sure. So... Uh, John Cusack is sent to the back room of the burger restaurant to stack and make hamburger patties. He's left alone for about four seconds and gets bored, as a teen is wont to do, and decides to slip into a dream sequence in which he becomes a mad scientist and makes a gigantic burger that he then hauls up to the roof, like in Frankenstein, where it is struck by lightning. It comes back down as a claymation cheeseburger that has come to life and sings Everybody Wants Some as David Lee Roth.
0: As David Lee with the space between his teeth and everything, it is everything I just said is true. It hysterical.
1: happens. It goes on for so long. <laughs> it's it's I f- a no, long no. time. I
0: feel like it goes on for so long because you hated it. It really no, does no no objectively long.
1: it goes on. It really it doesn't. it takes forty five minutes of the movie's runtime.
0: You do you want to retract that?
1: Partially retract it. Mm. Emotionally, it's forty five minutes.
0: I. It's listen, long. It's not. It's not long. I'm going to I'm going to measure it and I'm going to put it on our Instagram. OK. Uh, how long it is, because it is not it is not that long, but it's a great song.
1: It's fine. It's 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 again very of its era and, and fun and fine. And David Lee Roth jamming and slamming and doing his thing. I think it was just weird that. This, this dream little sequence. French
0: fries that are dancing and yeah, jumping into it's the fryer involved, and
1: I think it was just weird that like this happens, and then it goes on for a long emotional time, and then it ends when the burger restaurant owner comes back in, sees John Cusack in the middle of a you know dream sequence, but just being himself, dancing around while burgers are burning, being insane looking, clearly looking like he should be given professional help, possible hospitalization. Something is clearly wrong with this child, Dramatic. but he's jumping around, and then I guess he's fired. We never see what happens. We never see him. Fired. It's fine. It just kind well, of well, we ends.
0: see him thrown into the dining room and yeah. all that. but we don't. It's kind of like
1: fired. it's like a Kentucky Fried movie for teens. Like it's just a bunch of weird sketches that happen to this kid, and then stuff happens, and just ends and goes to the next thing.
0: Which uh, I think is interesting because that's basically what the movie is to begin with. Henry Winkler is the reason this movie got made. The Fon's yeah, Arthur Fonzarelli. Are you? What do you think of that?
1: I think he's, well, he's usually pretty correct amundo.
0: Yeah, and you love him on Barry.
1: Oh, he's the man.
0: Uh, well, so this is the thing, he saw a short that Sav Steve Ho, saw, Sav Steve Ho, Sav Steve Ho. I can't do it. That Steve made, and it was about, it was about Steve's life, and it wasn't supposed to be funny. And Henry Winkler thought it was hysterical, and he's like, "You're fucking hilarious," and. Holland's like, oh, that wasn't supposed to be funny at all. And Winkler's like, well, I can get you a a job. Like, I can make this happen for you if you can give me more of that. And so I think that's probably what happened. And the way when you read stuff that that Steve Holland uh, says about the movie, it really was kind of a, I'm going to throw, just throw it all in and see what happens. The claymation scene came literally because, just like you said, claymation was hot in the 80s. And he thought. Those raisins.
1: Those dancing raisins. The dancing raisins. We all loved them.
0: And now wait, Sledgehammer.
1: Sledgehammer is a great song and a great video.
0: And it won best video. That year for MTV Video Music Awards. As, as, as it deserved to. Which were very important to. at the time. Very important.
1: Again, loved Claymation as a kid. When this was happening, I was, you know, in elementary school. Loved me some Claymation. Yes. Loved me some Will Vinton's so, Dinosaur Christmas.
0: So he, so he admits, he's like, listen, it was massively popular, and I went ahead and I had the song, he said, and I just went ahead and did it. And I think... For him, for his first movie, he really was just, like you said, just throwing it all out there. Right. Kind of like and, audacious,
1: unchecked impulse. Like, what all I do now? And
0: he says, this movie ruined my my film career. And it did, because he, he went on to make two more movies, and then it was just kind of done. I think everyone's like, you're insane. And that's fine. I mean, he seems to be happy. He still doing he's, he's still got a shot. He's still got a production company, and he's doing a lot of work. Um, I, don't, I don't blame him for it. Uh, I think that... I think he did a great job with with what he had. And he also likens this movie to one that I know you love, which is Office Space. And the reason... Wait, Who likens? <laughs>
1: Sav Steho? Yeah. Here's explain. why.
0: I will explain. When the movie came out, everyone's like, I don't... Okay. Like, no one saw it. Made no money. Then we had what? Video... Cable. Oh, video stores. Yes video, VHS stores and Betamax if you were that idiot. Um and people started renting it and then it just fucking blew up. And so yeah. Much no, I mean that's what happens. No, happened. I get it. I get it. So it got a cult following. It definitely
1: it definitely has that kind of cult vibe to yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It got a cult for following sure. and that's what made it so popular. Uh now not so popular with its star Daniel loved to bring up that
1: John Cusack did not like this movie when it was made.
0: Cusack did not like the movie. He
1: told Savage Steve Holland that uh, he made him look dumb. He was very upset with him for a while. He was for upset years, with apparently.
0: Him for years. Um, and then later, now this is what I think is interesting. And I think it's also kind of perfect considering the film. Uh, He was a teen, I imagine, or young. I don't know how old John he Cusack? was when he made it. Yeah, I'll find out. Thank you. Uh, I mean we really should have Sadie do that because she's not working too hard right now. She does
1: nothing. Oh it's true. Oh my
0: god we really need to get someone professional. Um, He had all his feelings and he was just starting out and I'm sure he thought this was gonna hurt his career. It didn't. And uh, so he got all petulant. Then later as he's this adult making serious films, he would get annoyed by people, you know, he'd go in to want to talk about a runaway jury and people would be like, by the way, I love Better Off Dead. Can you sign my Better Off Dead uh, DVD? And that pissed him off. Now, for me, that says you're a dick.
1: Yeah. Uh, the quality of the movie notwithstanding, I'm really pretty sure John Cusack's a dick.
0: This is what I'm saying. Anyone He who seems like a dick. This is what I'm saying. Anyone who is childhood best friends with Jeremy Piven? Nope,
1: nope, nope. Nope. Dick. Nope, not dick. good.
0: And if you're that dick that when someone says I love something that you did and it's not the thing that you want to talk about, fuck you, because you should be glad that they like you
1: at all. Your job is the promotional grind. You should say thank you and nod and smile and move on.
0: Yeah. I'm a photographer and I when I do shows, if someone comes up to me and says I have this piece from your last show. I don't go, yeah, but what do you think of this show? Because I'm not a dick.
1: right right we're, we're pretty sure John Cusack's a dick. but I understand his insecurity and his anger. He was again very young. He was 19 when this movie okay, came well, out. So that makes sense which means sense. when they shot it, he was either 18 or 19. okay. So, so he's a young kid.
0: Now cut to now and he says, I imagine because he probably got some backlash. He says that he feels horrible, that the cast and crew think he hates the movie, and he feels horrible that the director thinks he hates the movie, and he doesn't. Um, and then that's when he says, I just don't like people talking about it when I'm trying to talk about another movie. And that's when I go,
1: uh, uh, you're a dick. I think he's a dick. I also think John, John Cusack is interesting because he's famous. He's John Cusack. He's well-known. But he's made, I think, way more bad movies than good and he's in just a bunch of like straight to cable, what would have been straight to video junk now. Al Pacino. But he's famous because he's John Cusack. I think he coasts. I'm sorry, John, if you're listening. Uh, it's time we had this heart to heart. I've been texting you, and you haven't responded. I think say anything and gross point blank are like.
0: No, we could. No, we're not going to get into that. Ninety
1: percent of his legacy.
0: We we're not going to get into that. I well yes. That's what I'm saying. Well possibly i don't know but i mean i'll throw in a couple percentage points for you of must love dogs the same thing could be said about al pacino
1: i think al pacino is a better actor than john cusack well yeah al pacino got so big that he couldn't get directors to sit on him anymore yeah (laughs) directors had to sit on and be like al you just keep that shit bottled up and then he just started yelling
0: yeah yeah he did the yelling got to be a bit too much
1: she got a great ass and you got your head all the way up it.
0: Yeah, see, that's too much. Yeah. Too much yelling.
1: And the thing is, uh, <laughs> in the, the take in Heat, where he yells about the woman with the great ass, it was like the umpteenth take, and he was just tired of doing the line, and so he yelled it, frightened Hank Azaria, and that's the one they kept in the movie. And that kind of helped cement his legacy as a weird yeller, even though it was just like a weird outtake yeah. that Michael Mann kept. Yeah, no, I'm,
0: I'm. I. I don't know. I think... Uh, John Cusack. John Cusack is probably a massive dick. Now, if you... So
1: so noted and, and discussed and resolved and agreed upon today.
0: If you, yourself, listener... Oh, yeah. Have met him at a con, or if you are, like, Daniel used to be a professional film critic or... I mean, I don't mean... I'm or not, a reporter. I'm or if you are me.
1: John Cusack.
0: I'm not trying to shit on you. You're still a film critic, but you're not, like, doing it for... No. Okay. Well, anyway, if you are... If you have encountered John Cusack... If you know him. And he is... If you see him. ...a cool guy, and we're just... we, we And he's getting a bum rap from us, uh, which I'm sure crushes him.
1: Yeah, we're pretty um, pretty influential.
0: Then please email us at notseenthispod at gmail.com. Uh, or you can go to our website at notseeingthispod.com or notseeingthispod on Instagram. Or Facebook. Or Facebook. But we want to hear from you if you have encountered, if you would had a Cusack encounter. Yes. Uh, uh, we want to know if he's a dick, um, if you've seen his dick.
1: That too. Uh, photos of his dick. Whatever you want to send us.
0: I'm. Uh, we are
1: very discreet. Yeah. And we will not use your name unless you request your name to be used. Do not send photos of your dick. No that we, we are get those, just we already in, get plenty of those in in cusack unasked for and and appreciated obviously indeed but we have plenty so yeah. just stop yeah just stop we have plenty
0: no piv and penis
1: oh my god it's we probably are very small. Mm, it, <laughs> Do you think well, it has hair plugs too <laughs> just the little ones up top
0: doesn't isn't he all rapey is that his thing
1: i don't know <laughs> it says enough that like I could it says enough that like if it's the truth I wouldn't be surprised in the least it's true that's true I know no I don't
0: mean it's true that it's rapey I'm just saying like he's had that like like, little man syndrome thing going on on. because he's little
1: he's got that little Napoleon thing happening
0: who actually was not little, but that's not getting into that. That's a history podcast.
1: That's that's, that's what the, this show's about. Welcome to our history podcast. How the, tall was Napoleon? That's
0: the next. Podcast. We're going to start every
1: episode with about an hour talking about movies, <laughs> but really the meat of it for those of you who stick around, welcome longtime listeners, is how tall was Napoleon? <laughs> uh, I say five three. I'm not going to look it up, and that's just what I say. So thank you for I, tuning into how tall wrong. was Napoleon. And
0: you're wrong about that, but we're not we're not going to get into it. Uh, that's
1: next time on how tall was Napoleon.
0: That's next time. Uh, yeah, so we want to hear from you also if there's a movie that you are wondering if we've seen that you think we should see. Uh, or if you disagree or agree or just want to say something. Uh, we, Hit us up. We are ready to hear from you. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we...
1: I think we crushed it. I
0: think we crushed it. I think, I think we, we nailed covered, it. I think we covered... You know, for me, claymation
1: burgers, love, <laughs> French girls, fat nerds, eighties music. Oh, we got to talk about the music.
0: Oh yeah, the oh, banging soundtrack. God. And I will say okay. this:
1: the movie's flaws notwithstanding, it's got a really fun eighties poppy soundtrack. And the the theme song of the movie, uh, which is called "Better Off Dead," is really fun. so yeah. thumbs up to that.
0: It is. I will say that the uh, they got a hell of a soundtrack producer Uh, Rupert Hine I believe is his name who has done everything with everyone and won a bunch of awards like he's the man which almost makes me wonder how the fuck did they get him but what I don't know you know it doesn't matter so the music is great two songs that he did not produce were uh, sung by uh, Elizabeth Daly from valley girl which believe me is another movie that we will be watching because he hasn't seen have it, not seen which it. is insane is nick cage in that yes
1: oh there's a weird cage cusack it happening. is sublime because those guys are kind of careful similar careful, to careful. in a good way yep. hey i love nick cage nick cage is a great actor
0: nick cage yes but nick cage does not have the the rawr, rawr factor
1: Okay, I can't make that noise without sounding dumb, so I'm not going to try. But I I see what you're saying. Yeah. You find John Cusack more sexually appealing than Nick Cage.
0: Okay, well, let's make it a little more clinical. Sorry, sorry. Um, Yeah, so Elizabeth Daly, a valley girl who has a great voice, sings twice in this movie and is fucking adorable. She sings at this dance, this New Year's dance, and I remember as a kid thinking... I want to look like her and I want to have a dress like her and I love her and uh, yeah for the the music alone I mean the
1: no it's good the uh, she sings a, a song at the dance a New Year's dance uh, you know that goes you know better off dead than live without you it's from the title of the movie yeah wait hang on, hang on hang yeah. on I'm gonna find a clip of it just a second <laughs> Yeah, so it's a catchy. That's song. adorable. Like when the movie ended, I was like, "Okay, that was I get it." But I was singing that song around the house for like two, three years You were, solid. it was great. Just <laughs> it off Dad, and the thing hurt you. While I'm petting the cats, while I'm feeding my dogs, just doing everything. Like, yeah. So yeah.
0: Hearing me scream through the house, "Shut up! Shut up! Please shut up!" Used to that. Yeah.
1: Used to that. Yeah. So it just it doesn't phase me. For
0: the record, it's because all he will do is sing one part of a song. That's the part I'm really and good over at. Over and over and over.
1: Why be good at a whole song when you can be really good at, like, I, one line and I then just, like, loop idea. it?
0: So, yeah, that is Better Off Dead. I'm going to say that, for me, I do not fault my tween teen self at all. No. Nor do I fault my adult self for loving my little my little moments. Um, but I absolutely see... The I absolutely see it as an adult as 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 you're talking right. about it. Right, when you it. watch
1: it with somebody through their eyes, you see new stuff.
0: Now I think that this is a movie uh, that is like uh, it's one of those movies that your friends, if, like okay, Daniel hadn't seen it, so he watches it and he's like, I don't understand why you like this movie, and I'm like, oh fuck, I saw it when I was fucking you know twelve or whatever. I know people who didn't see. Star Wars when they were kids which your parents should be flogged uh, and saw it as adults and were like yeah I don't get it and I think well clearly you're a moron but I guess that means Star Wars isn't one of those forever movies?
1: I don't know I feel like Star Wars Star Wars is really well made, though, and I really solid. Okay, so like, I'm sorry. Again, I, I saw it when I was six, well, so I have no adult Then we worry about you. Then those
0: people we worry about. But all this to say, there are those movies, speaking of Al Pacino, there are those movies that are good no matter the age. Uh, the Godfather. Yeah. You can watch The Godfather at 7, 17, 27, 37, 47. You will always be like, this is a fucking amazing movie. couple things.
1: You shouldn't have to wait every 10 years to watch it. You can no, watch it whenever you want. Also, you, you want. should not start at age seven.
0: I think that I did.
1: That's like second grade.
0: No, I mean, I think that my dad watched, I think my dad showed it to that's me. That's not good. I mean, I don't think he like sat down and intentionally was like, we're going to watch The Godfather. I think it was on and my mom, I remember my mom walking through her being like, I can't believe that you're watching, well, what are you doing? And he was like, no, it's a great movie.
1: That is responsible parenting at its best. Well, I mean... He just said you know like you need to learn about organized crime uh spousal abuse. Listen, we know that I'm a Murder sunny. at Toll Booths. We know that cannoli. I'm a Sonny. Yes.
0: And uh and I'm afraid of.
1: <laughs> God, I'm such a Fredo. Afraid of what?
0: Ba 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 ba. Welcome to my
1: life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm such a Fredo.
0: I am very much a Sonny and I'm down with that. I'm fine. I am
1: just like I'm the schlub in the low slung chair like I'm supposed to be in charge and then I get shot on a lake. That's oh, it. honey.
0: I wouldn't shoot you on a lake. Thank you. But then again, I'm already dead. Yeah, from... you're already
1: dead at the toll booth. Yeah. Doesn't work out well for either of us. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, we're dead now. Yep. And um, let's do our hell yes. Hell yes. Our hell yes, yeah where we talk about uh, just something in the world that we think you should know about other than the movie that we just talked about. And uh, why don't you pick it off?
1: okay i'm gonna kick it off with my hell yeah my hell yeah is the recently dearly departed ap bio on oh nbc it is currently streaming still on hulu i so recommend good. you go stream it and and stream it up to your heart's content it was stream an, it a
0: lot so that they'll see it oh please
1: god i want that to work please just set it up to go while you're at work just let it stream all day get on your computer on
0: instagram and like hashtag the shit out of it so that Netflix it was will pick it up or something brilliant
1: and weird and funny and heartfelt and like dark and strange and so confident and bizarre and so different from other TV shows. And great cast, uh, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny, Patton Oswalt, Paula Pell, uh, like a murderer's row of hilarious kid actors who came out of nowhere. Fucking Um, brilliant. It is
0: truly, and also uh, they put a filter on it. Uh, The photographer in me is like, I know what they did with this film. To make everything a little bit orangey and make the blues all the blues and teals really pop. So Glenn Howerton's eyes, I'm just like mesmerized by them. Well, we all are. He's Dennis.
1: (sighs) He's the golden guy. Yes.
0: Uh, But this this show, you guys, if you're not watching it, I mean, it's two seasons of brilliant television. It's two seasons of brilliant television. I still think we could get. Hulu to buy it or Netflix. This to show buy it. could be
1: the the momentum, the it catalyst. Could. This this could let's draw camels back. Hashtag whole, save AP Bio. Do it. Do it. So that's my hell yeah. Watch AP Bio if you haven't seen it. If you have, even just go back and rewatch it. It's hilarious and wonderful.
0: That's your hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I my hell yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> my hell yeah is uh, <laughs> that I went to see Hugh Jackman in concert. And I did not know that I was going to lose my mind like I did. I love Hugh Jackman. I mean, it's Hugh Jackman, but I never really thought about going to see him in concert. My friend Elaine was back in December was like, you want to go? And I went, yeah, all right, you know, whatever. And you mean, obviously the greatest showman, a uh, terrible movie, spectacular soundtrack, but he's been singing and dancing forever. And,
1: singing and dancing into our hearts
0: into my heart
1: also i will note for the audience that you took a break at intermission to find cell service to facebook about his butt
0: i did take a break i did oh my god the man wore these tuxedo pants that ass won't quit it won't quit and he is 50 and dear lord it was a show i cried i laughed i sang i screamed it was so much fun it was there was something for everybody it was family friendly uh the next time he's coming to town I I don't care if we have to mortgage the house I'm getting really good seats he does like major he managed to make thousands of people feel like we were his best friend like his best friend alone I left and I'm like I should call him wait I don't actually oh okay wait no no I can't call him uh but yeah no it was it was spectacular so that's my hell yeah i i hell yeah to hugh jackman and if he comes to your town and you can see him you really should go see him because the show itself the production value of it is outstanding and the man can dance and just mm, nuts and also mad props to my friend carl fulbright who played in the orchestra yeah. For him who and that was really cool to watch Attaway him Carl. play. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would I would see Hugh Jackman. He's that's the thing. He's coming to Broadway in twenty twenty as Harold Hill in The Music Man. Oh dear God. Which I would see so fast. I oh, love God. that show, love the movie, love the soundtrack, love the music man. I'm gonna end To him. my I'm wife's eternal this. sadness and chagrin as I like warble through uh Buffalo Bills songs in the kitchen or say things like ice cream down here talk slow
0: yeah and i'm miserable it makes me so happy I'm, it does oh and i would i would i would go see it with you let's go to broadway and see the we'll music go, man we'll go see shut your dirty mouth man. i'm gonna hold you to this let's get some sponsors so we can go see yeah uh, S- hugh jackman you should somebody send us. me to
1: new york i want to see the music man
0: <laughs> well okay so i'd say this puts the lid on our first episode seal it up yeah yeah thank you guys for uh sticking in there if you have And uh, (laughs) if you haven't, well, it was nice while we had you. It was free. It was free. (laughs) And please subscribe. Um, Hit subscribe on iTunes so that you will be notified when we have new episodes. And uh, email us, again, notseenthispod at gmail.com. Or just go to our website, notseenthispod.com. And we're going to slap some stuff up on Instagram and just generally be all up in your business. Yep. So have a great week and thank you for listening.